Hello brothers and sisters, today I want to talk to you about the Bible, this thing we call the Word of God. When you go to any typical hotel, there's a book on the shelf or in the drawer next to the bed. And when you open it, you're going to find the Bible. And likely, the Bible you'll find there is the same Bible you'll find when you go to any kind of bookstore and you ask for a Bible. While there are different translations, the books within the Bible that we call the canon, that which makes up the canon, is the same. Now, when we look at today, there are many times when I've started seeing people, they get into this idea that the Bible as we have it today is not trustworthy. That it is not something that is that there are books in it that has been meddled with, tampered with, writings in there that's been taken by men and twisted. And now we have received this broken, corrupt copy of what we think of when we say the Bible. Or we think that there are books that have been taken out of the Bible that aren't supposed to be there. Or there are books that should be in, inserted to make the Bible actually complete. Now, there, this is obviously a massive topic and it's worthy of exploration. However, I think that there's just something, there's a simple concept that I just want to submit to you when we're talking about this and, and why I personally, this is just my opinion, take it for what it's worth, just an, an opinion of me and why I trust what we call the Bible. And not why I believe that it has not been corrupted. Why I believe that the books therein is exactly what God wanted to be in there and that there is nothing to be added or subtracted from it. That's a big statement. So how can I believe that? Now, to explain that, I want you to just take a look at this flower here. All right. This is a beautiful flower that I just picked uh, while I was walking on the way here where I'm right now. Now, this flower, when you look at its intricacies about how it was made, you know, I look at this flower and I see someone designed this. Someone made this flower the way it is. Every part of it, the leaves that that take oxygen, that that create oxygen, right? The uh, the way that it is made and how it how there's um, pollination and how there's different insects that interact with this flower and how it's just like it's just crazy when you think about nature right and just within a flower the complexities and what I'm handing that I've that I have in my hand right here is so complex that as man while we have as human beings been able to do so many things so wonderfully you know with technology and all that we're not able to make this like we can't actually create this from nothing. We can mess with genetic code. We can do all kinds of things, but we can't create something like this. And there's an intelligent designer behind this. Now, when we look at how God was able to create what we see as nature, how God was able to weave it together as beautiful as it is, how can we think that God is capable of that? Yet God is not capable of preserving a word, a message for his children to be had, even 
2,000 years after he came in the flesh as Yeshua the Messiah. See, when Yeshua Jesus came in the flesh, we know that the canon that was around back then that we call the Torah and the prophets was correct because he did not take issue with it. So we know that God established it as being fine when he when Yeshua Jesus was in his in the flesh here. Now, the books after that, what we call the New Testament. Now, with those people often may even find, you know, issue. Um, and uh, I want to submit to you that we don't need to because God, if we do, if we say that there are books that have been corrupted, there's books that need to be taken on, there's books that need to be inserted, there's all these issues with what we call the Bible. We are proclaiming that God is able to create something as beautiful as this. He is mighty and powerful and even mighty to bring salvation to men. But he is not able to do something as simple as preserve a message. Think about that. That is so much more simple. Preserving a message is so much more simple than the creation of this very flower and what went into think and thinking of how this works and how I can't even understand it. We as men can't even understand it. But and but yet we say it's it was not possible or we disbelieve that not have don't have belief that it was possible for God to preserve his word the way he did. You see, brothers, sisters, for me, I can't go there because it would be like making a, a ridicule of the father of saying, Lord, you are not capable. You are unable. You have given us garbage. You have given us something that is trash, something that is incomplete, something that is corrupted, something that is broken. You see, brothers and sisters, how much more important. Think about this. How much more important is the word of God than this flower? Yet flowers have existed for more than 2000 years. God even had flowers as decoration in his temple, right? So but yet he preserved them all. He preserved this. And I want to submit he preserved the word in the same way because he is able and mighty to save. And if his word is more important, will he not do even more trouble to preserve it and to preserve a flower that lives today and dies tomorrow? Well, we know his word is eternal. It does not fade. It does not fail. It does not die like this world will pass away. So if God is able to preserve the world as long as he did, is he not able to preserve his word for even much longer? That's why I believe that the word of God is true. That's why I believe that it is complete. That's why I believe we don't need to mess with it. I think it's not uh, I need to go and look outside of it for more works to insert and qualify as scripture. You see, I have no problem with um, looking at books that are uh, interesting, that are that were around in the first century, books that the disciples may have known or been in contact with or read even. You know, I have no problem with that. But what, what the thing is, is when we start looking at these other works and we start considering them as scripture, you see, scripture, what we call scripture today is what is supposed to inform us of the standard by which we test everything else. If there is another book like the book of Enoch or the book of Jubilees or whatever it is, and these works have things in them that are in contradiction to what we call the scriptures, I will find issue with it. I will say I call into question this book 
because it was not inserted into the Bible because God did not want it there. He did not do it because if he wanted it there, it would have been in the Bible that you find when you go to any hotel room. God is capable and able. That is what I believe. And so he did not insert it there for a reason. Does that mean that anything outside the Bible is false? Of course not. There are diff many things that are not scripture that are still true, valuable, historically, culturally, and even uh, spiritually. There are concepts that we can talk about that are biblical concepts that are explored outside works that are not works that aren't uh, typically the Bible, right? We just talking on this channel right now about the Bible. We, you, this I am not the Bible. This is not the Bible. But we are talking about it, and it can be spiritual edification. It can be historical value and cultural value and whatever other value to you for growth. But the Bible is what you're going to go to to test my words by. The Bible is what you're going to use to see whether PD is telling the truth or not. But if you started questioning the Bible as being a standard of truth, you're in dangerous grounds because this is what's going to happen. You're going to go and say, you know what, this thing in the Bible that I'm reading right now, I don't actually like what it says and I don't agree with what it says. So therefore, it must be a lie. It must be wrong. This is probably a change that men have brought in. This is corruption. This is added or taken away or whatever it is. Something is wrong here. And what we start doing is we start taking out of the Bible what we don't like. And we start inserting into the Bible things from outside that we want to be there instead. And this is what we now do is we start creating a Bible after our own image. Instead of the Bible telling us what God, who God is, the image of God, the character of God, we now start creating an image of God that is formed after our image. Instead of understanding, we need to be formed after his. So I'll be honest with you. If I find people start talking about, you know, questioning the Bible, I start thinking, are you really having faith in the father? How can you trust him for salvation, yet question his ability to simply preserve a word? Because trusting him for salvation is such a, a much bigger thing than trusting him to preserve a document through 2000 years or whatever it is. Right. And so, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but every time I look at this flower, I'm going to be like, wow, God was able to preserve this. How much more is he able to preserve a word for a child like me? Because God did not only preserve his word for smart intellectuals or scholars, but even for simple lost people. The guy who is lost, who is going to rent a hotel room and who finds the Bible next to him. That guy is who the father came for. Yeshua said, I don't come for the healthy, but for the sick. And so the sick are those who typically aren't always the smart people, the scholars, the intellectuals, those kind of. No, it's people who are poor, meek, who don't have access to all the knowledge and all the stuff. Yet he came for them to bring salvation to them. And therefore, how much more will he go for go forth to preserve a word for them that is accessible and easy that gives them the gospel message? You see, if if it is that there are people who have that the man has that God has allowed man to corrupt the word, 
what we are saying is that he has forsaken the lost because he has then been unable to preserve his word for the lost people who are simply out there who are, who do not know him but who find him through the scriptures if it if it is that every person needs to become a scholar to try and weave through everything that's true and what's not true and all that if every man has to become that who is going to have salvation who is going to have um, good th- uh, theology who is going to know who god is no one will because we're all corrupt we're all fallen and it's only by the holy spirit who has preserved the word through the work of men and look it doesn't even matter if you both think that the man who was involved in helping bring a helping preserve the word we have today it doesn't even matter if you believe um, agree with them on everything or not because peter and the other disciples who dwelt with yeshua had many issues themselves peter even denied the messiah three times yet god still used him mightily in, in, in all the things he put his hand to. God is able to use even men who have errors to preserve a word which is perfect. Think about that. That's a crazy statement, but it's true. He is able to do that because that's what his Holy Spirit does. He works through the weakness of men to do the impossible. For man, it's impossible. For God, all things are possible. So, brothers and sisters, I'll leave you with that trust in the Father with this. He is able and he has brought it to fruition. And the Bible in my hand and the Bible in yours is something you can trust. I hope this message has blessed you. Subscribe to this YouTube channel for more just like this one. And I'll see you guys in the next video. Shalom. Thank you.